In an interview in 2015, Beth Stevens of Broadway.com asked playwright A.R. Gurney about what inspired his play, Sylvia. His response was quick. My dog. My wife, Molly, teaches in town, and we bought this house in the country. I liked to stay up there at that time. I did a lot of gardening and fixing up of the house, but I missed her. I had made myself a peanut butter sandwich for lunch and read this ad in the local paper about a lab puppy. I always liked Labradors, so I just thought I'd go over and look at it. Well, I came home with it. My wife said, For God's sake, no more dogs. This is it. I knew I was in trouble, but I had already fallen for the dog. I said, I don't think I can give this up. The lines from the play are real. She said, I won't walk it, I won't feed it, I won't pat it, I won't have anything to do with it. One time, I got quite sick with the flu, and she said, Sorry, you're going to have to get up and walk that dog. Then she softened a bit, just like what happens at the end of the play. Of course, writing a play is so much more than borrowing some lines from real life and a promising premise. His friend, playwright Romulus Linney, spells out why Gurney is such a fine dramatist. American playwrights on the level of A.R. Gurney create a world that they mine deeper and deeper for treasures only they know are there. In the past 45 years, Gurney's many productions, The Dining Room, Love Letters, The Cocktail Hour, to name a few, have been popular, celebrated, and respected as wry portraits of Wasp America losing its dominance in our culture. That they are indeed, but they are much more. While Gurney is one of our best-known and most eminent playwrights, he should also be known as among our boldest and most adventurous. And the skill of his play's execution is matched by the truly original depth of their emotional life. Delightful plays they are, witty, urbane, endlessly inventive, just plain funny, but underneath the sparkling entertainment lie modest but profound human feelings. No matter how dazzling the dialogue or how truthful the situations, there's always an abiding, very deep concern for his characters. That is the hallmark of the very best dramatists. I can think of no other American playwright who presents to us men and women and ourselves in love as gracefully and as solidly as he does, or who moves with such wisdom through the tangled maze of family conflicts. It has been my privilege as Gurney's longtime colleague to both relish and wonder at the strength of his deceptive, easygoing art. In its own particular way, his work remains in the audience's imagination, as both genial and explosive. He has changed the way we look at ourselves. That from playwright Romulus Linney in an article in Bomb magazine. We're invited for an evening that is genial, but which may in some way touch us more deeply than we'd expect, since Sylvia by A.R. Gurney is a Broadway comedy. Legion Theatre Group in Whitehaven will present Sylvia August 11th and 12th at the Tilbury Community Center in West Natticoke, just south of Wilkesbury, and it's a benefit for Murray's Place, a senior dog sanctuary. Rick Markham is a theater veteran and producer of Sylvia. He also has the role of Greg, the one who brings Sylvia home. 
Markham stopped in at the WVIA studios to talk about the production and to say a few words about his passion for theater. What is it that prepared you to do this? Why do you love doing theater? How did you come to it in your life? Oh, gosh, that's a great question. You know, it's been a part of my life as long as I can remember. I did my first theatrical haunted house, which you were alluding to when I was, I think, eight years old. I charged admission to my basement. It was five cents. So I've, I've really been, been involved in theater my whole life. But I love theater because it's kind of the antithesis of the modern world where humanity is slowly being shredded away by automation and CGI and computers and all that. A play is so completely human. It's just total opposite. At least the mm-hmm. last time you were here, you were working in a world where you are plugged in. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I, I worked in uh, corporate finance for, for many, many, many years. Now, have you done all of the jobs that are required to produce a play, directing, acting, stage work? Well, I'm blessed with this particular production. I don't have to do all of them, but in my lifetime, yes, I've pretty much I've worked backstage professionally. That's actually the only time I've been paid to do theater was working backstage for the Princeton Ballet. But yes, I've directed, I've, I'm, I'm currently producing Sylvia, which largely means putting up the money to make sure it happens and hoping that we sell a lot of tickets and there's money for the charity. But yes, I act and I'm a playwright also. So yes, I've done it, done it all. Why Coke? What's going on there? Oh, well, great question. Broadway is coming to Coke, and you, you really don't hear too much. So I'm really grateful that you have me here to help get the word out because there isn't a tradition of live theater. As far as I know, we're bringing a Broadway comedy, Sylvia, to the Tilbury Community Center. And we believe this will be the first stage play at that location in 50 years. Um, it was previously a high school back in the 70s, and they would have done plays. And we think that that is about it. How I landed there, we have a new theater group that's been around for just a few years in Whitehaven. Some good friends of mine had formed it and invited me to be part of it. It's called the Legion Theater Group. And last year we did a murder mystery that sold out our community center, which was in Penn Lake. So for this show, we looked for a larger place, and we were able to find one through a connection that I had in the theater world, who's also helping with this show. It's involved in the Tilbury Community Center. So they have a pretty large capacity. Um, They could probably seat about 160 people a night. We're doing two nights, so we're keeping our fingers crossed. When you say you are hoping to sell out because of the charity involved, that is connected to the theme of the play. Mm -hmm. Let's ask why Sylvia, why now? Oh, wow. That's a really great question. Well, I should probably talk a little bit about the theme of the play. So let me just give you a little bit of background. It's it's a, a comedy for adults, sophisticated comedy. It was on Broadway. Matthew Broderick was in my role. I'm sure he's a little nervous now that I've been cast. No one likes to be upstaged. But he played Greg. And Greg and Kate, they're happily married. They're living a very comfortable, if somewhat dull, middle-aged existence in Manhattan. And Greg catches the eye of a beautiful younger female. Someone who's wild and free and everything that he and his wife are not. But unlike most men in his situation, Greg does more than fantasize about what a life might be with this woman. He brings her home to live with his wife. And the twist is that the female is a stray dog that he has met in the park. And despite not being quite human, Greg and Kate, uh, they learn an awful lot about life from her. It's it's a very smart, witty script, uh, very well done show. And as I think you were you were segueing into, we are doing this as a benefit for an animal rescue. It is for all profit from this, 100% of the profit, is going to go to Marais Place, which is a senior dog sanctuary in Wapwallop and PA. And they provide end-of-life care for senior dogs, for pets that basically had nowhere else to go. 
Their dogs range in age from 13 to 20 right now. Yeah, and they have everything from toy breeds to giant breeds. The dogs are happy. I have heard from them. They're excited about this show as well. And the woman who runs this place, Barb, um, she is wonderful. And I could not do her job because she gives these dogs such a happy existence. But they are at the tail end of their life, so to speak. (laughs) I hate to say it that way, but she's constantly losing her friends all the time. It's a very hard thing to do and very worthwhile. And all the money from this will go to that. Introduce us to A.R. Gurney. Oh, sure. Yeah. A.R. Gurney, um, he has passed away. He passed away about six years ago. But he was a prolific playwright. He was a professor of literature and humanities at MIT. And at the same time, he found time to write a lot of plays, some of which were nominated for a Pulitzer. (laughs) He is actually the author of one of my favorite one-act plays of all time. There's a play called The Problem. It's about a young couple dealing with an unexpected pregnancy. One act. If you ever get a chance to see it, it is the funniest one-act play I have ever seen. And that's, that's one of the things that attracted me to him, although I did not select this particular play. This was selected by the director and another lady who's been very involved, and they invited me to join their cast. And I had no idea even that it was the same writer, but when I started reading it, I kind of <laughs> connected, you know? But yeah, and this absolutely, you, you, you hit the nail on the head, um, Erica. At its core, Sylvia is a comedy about relationships. It's about the relationships we have with each other and also with the pets that we love. And, you know, it's funny, though. It's also very much about the times in which we live, even though it was written in 1995 and it is set in 1995. Now, you think about the world today versus the world in 1995, and holy cow, has it changed. But I want to read you something that the playwright said in 1995 when this was on Broadway. He said, Sylvia is a timely message of the need to connect in an increasingly alien and impersonal world. There is a need to connect to not only the dog, but to other people through the dog. And I think if he were alive today, he would be pretty shocked at how alien and impersonal our world is becoming. (laughs) Because it hasn't gotten better since then. (laughs) Was there any thing observed in 1995 about the fact that it was a woman playing a dog? Was that a problem? It it was, actually. Yeah, he had a lot of trouble getting funding for the the play. People felt, you know, that that might be demeaning in some way. And he he tried to explain that he really doesn't see it that way. The dog, it's, it's, oh golly, it's almost like My Fair Lady in that she's found on the streets and One of the reasons I say it's not really for kids is because she talks like she grew up on the streets. I mean, this isn't Lassie, you know, but she's very wise in her way. And that's how she ends up. It's it's the contrast that's drawn between this dog off the streets who talks like she's off the streets and Greg's wife, who is an English teacher, you know, and very prim and proper. And she doesn't like this wild thing loose in their apartment. And it's kind of a it it almost is a, a triangle of affection that way. But yes, there, there, there was some heat about that at the time. However, <laughs> the show went on to do very well. I should say Sarah Jessica Parker originated the role of the dog off-Broadway, uh, and she's wonderful. And then Matthew Broderick, who I believe is her husband, yeah, he was in, like I said, in my role of Greg when it was on Broadway. And so we, we've got some big shoes to fill. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> We're going to do our best. What about Gurney and his ability to draw fully rounded characters? Do you feel Greg is someone who has three dimensions? He is absolutely so relatable to me, and I hope he'll be relatable to our audience as well. And let me let me explain to you why. When you're an actor, obviously you have to portray people who don't exactly have your background. So Greg is a little bit of a stretch for me. 
So Greg, he spent 30 years working in the corporate world, and he started in his 50s to just rethink everything and, and actually consider just chucking it, as he says, quitting his job and doing something with animals and doing something that was more real. Now, I'll give you a little bit quick background about myself. I, it's a bit of trouble, but I can play this role. I worked in corporate finance for 30 years. I'm in my 50s. Earlier this year, I quit my job with no backup plan in order to spend time with my animals and do community theater. <laughs> so as you can see, it's quite the stretch. But yes, I do feel he's a very, very well-rounded character. They, they all are. All of Gurney's characters, including the dog, they have their positive sides that are going to have the audience rooting for them. But they also have their obvious character flaws and things that they have to work through, just as we all do. And you see that through the course of the play. You know, we all, we all get to kind of go on that journey with them. Is it a drawing room comedy, i.e. one set in your apartment? Yes and no. It is not quite, I don't want to scare anybody off, but it's almost theater of the absurd. Okay, So it's set on one primary stage, which is their apartment. However, they also visit a park, they visit an airport, they visit a marriage counselor's office, and it's done with relatively simple set changes and very, very, very fast. So a character walks out of one scene and another character is walking on and it's a different day. And we convey that through dialogue and all kinds of things. It, it, the idea is to keep the play moving quickly. There is an intermission in it. It's about a two hour, two hour play and we will have an intermission. But yeah, it's very fast moving. Uh, it does have some set changes, but thankfully for our budget, it is not designed for, you know, a big theatrical spectacle. You won't see in Greece, you won't see the car flying in or anything like that. Why was it nominated for and why did it receive costuming awards for the dog? Well, it's funny that you mentioned that. Possibly, but not in the way that you would think. Okay. So the dog is played by a beautiful woman and she's not in a dog costume. You know, she's played as, as a beautiful woman. And that's being done for the relationship angle. The dog appears more or less as Greg and his wife see her. So she's a beautiful woman because Greg is attracted to her, not in a romantic way, but in her, her wild and exotic lifestyle that's so natural and what he wants to be. So he sees her as wild, beautiful, and exotic. The wife sees her as competition for her affection, so therefore she is the other, the other woman, basically. But they, they play with that. And for example, when we find her on the street, her clothes are tattered and in rags. They're human clothes, but they're tattered and in rags. The first time that I take her to a groomer and come out, she's in a cocktail dress. She's got bows in her hair. She's feeling pretty good about herself. As throughout the play, she gains confidence. She comes out in like a nicer kind of cocktail dress, a little black dress. She's got a little swagger to her. So I think that's the way the costuming was thought of. Just, you know, don't come expecting to see Chewbacca because <laughs> that's not the point of the play. Because <laughs> they tried to convey the different stages with human, what would be representational to the animal, but in human costuming. Who is directing so the thing is, I love doing volunteer theatrical fundraisers, as you know you've interviewed me in the past about, for nonprofits, because it allows you to assemble a team of talent that most theaters for profit locally could not afford. So once you remove money as the motivation, you can bring on some amazing people, and, and thank you for letting me talk about them. First, I want to talk about our technical director is Zach Knoll. He's the owner of Q1 Light and Scenic, which supplies sets and lighting to Broadway. Zach is a Broadway lighting designer. He's traveling to New York City all the time. There is absolutely no way I could afford to hire Zach. But luckily, he and I go way back, and he's a very generous person, and he's making this show look nice. Um, you asked about the director, 
It is Steve Rice. He is amazing. Steve has worked professionally and in community theater for decades. He is actually appearing in a horror movie that's coming out later this year. Eight Forest Road, I believe is the title. And we are super lucky to have Steve. Now, Steve, in addition to directing, Steve is playing the entire supporting cast, which is two women and a man. And that isn't because of lack of people auditioning. That is how the playwright intended it. That's how it was done on Broadway. And that's probably where the costuming comes in as well, now that you mention it, because you, you, it's hard to recognize him in these different roles. And he's chewing up the scenery. He's fantastic. So we're, we're super lucky. I could never afford to hire Steve either. So we're great. Nina Kemp plays my long-suffering wife. Uh, Nina is on loan to us from the Little Theater in Wilkesbury. She is currently in the role of serving as secretary to their board of directors. I am so grateful when I reached out to them and said I desperately need Kate, that they sent me Nina. She's a very talented actress. She was seen most recently in The Wizard of Oz last month at the Little Theater. And this is, this is what I love about working with people that are doing this out of love. Nina works a full-time job. She commutes two hours every day to rehearse for this show. Every day. <laughs> yes, two hours. An hour out to Whitehaven and an hour back. It's, inc- it's an incredible level. And the last person I have to mention in the role of the dog, making her stage debut... We have the incredible Linda Miller. She is such a busy lady. Linda is an entrepreneur. She's a sole proprietor of business in Whitehaven. She is also the president of the Chamber of Commerce in Whitehaven. And she takes two hours out of that life every single day to be a dog for this show. And she's chewing up the scenery. It's going to be fun. It's, it's going to be really, she's so talented. And it's going to be, it's just a great cast. Tell us then how we catch up with all of you. Oh, okay. The show is being staged. August 11th and 12th at the Tilbury Community Center in Wasananticoke. And tickets are on sale now. To get tickets, you can go through our website, which is legiontheatergroup.org. Theater, the ending of that is spelled T-R-E. You can also get tickets at Village Pet Supply locations and any Village Pet Supply. They're next to Garrity's in Hanover and Luzerne, and they can sell you a ticket right there. Again, help us understand then, in addition to what you've said mm-hmm. about the play, what are you finding that it might say to us today in terms of the alienation? That's mostly what you're finding being in live theater anyway. Yeah. What I think is wonderful about this is we are becoming so surrounded by technology. And I'm not a technophobe. There's a lot of things today that are absolutely wonderful. The, the, the communication, the access to information I mean, you can go to YouTube and find films and things that were obscure and unattainable, and you can watch them. It's wonderful. But it's also somewhat impersonal, and it's separating people. It's putting like a layer between people and artists. It just seems like it's widening. And now with artificial intelligence, it's going to be doing its own writing and its own thing, you know? So this is sort of the antithesis of that. If you go to see any play, you're going to see live people on a stage who have spent countless hours preparing for this, who are trying their hardest to please and entertain an audience. And I mean, just the script for this, it's two hours. You, you mentioned you compared it to a drawing room comedy. Yes, it's very fast Aaron Sorkin style dialogue. So you're talking two hours of that. <laughs> it's a lot of work. And, and everything is like that with a play. It's just, it's very, it's very real. When you see the lighting comes slowly down a scene and come up on another scene, it isn't a computer chip. That's a human being at a lighting board watching the cast and watching the audience and trying to entertain us and get that timing just perfect. So much of this as real and analog as possible. And the last example I'll get is, 
is set in 1995, and there's a phone that has to ring a couple times. They get some calls. Now, how are we going to do that? A phone in 1995 sounded nothing like a phone today. So I asked around, and people said, well, you know, just get a clip off the internet, or just set your ringtone on your iPhone to a classic ring. That's close, but I was alive in 1995, and it's not quite right. So I was at an antique shop up at Lake George, and I found this Bell telephone, this red phone with these big clunky buttons from probably the 1980s. And I bought it praying that it would work, and it does. I brought it home, and we were able to rig it with a battery pack and a button, and you push it, and that mechanical bell is loud. You can't miss it, and it sounds exactly like it did then. <laughs> so that's, that's the kind of things that we're trying to do with this. It's very tactile. It's very real. Rick Markham, actor who plays Greg in Sylvia. He is also producer of Sylvia. He's a playwright as well. He has been speaking with us about a production of Sylvia by A.R. Gurney that will take place at the Tilbury Community Center in West Natticoke, just south of Wilkes-Barre, as a benefit for Murray's Place, that's a senior dog sanctuary in Wapwallopin, and the shows will be Friday, August 11th, and Saturday, August 12th, at 7 o'clock each evening. And again, for more information on the web, Legion Theatre Group, T-H-E-A-T-R-E, legiontheatergroup.org, or you can get tickets at any Village Pet Supply location. Sylvia by A.R. Gurney, a comedy for adults, and that's Friday and Saturday, August 11th and 12th, at the Tilbury Community Center in West Nanticoke. Proceeds benefit Murray's Place, a senior dog sanctuary, and the showtime is 7 o'clock each evening. LegionTheaterGroup.org. <laughs>